Welcome to In My Quarantined Opinion, the podcast where we, a group of six friends who don't live in the same place, give our opinion on pretty much anything we want. Because we're all social distancing, and let's be real, we have a lot of time on our hands. I'm Lauren, one of the hosts of this show, and I wanted to give you a quick note about the podcast you're about to listen to. This is our very first episode, and we're still figuring out how to record six people from six different places, so you'll notice a couple technical glitches and sound issues. We're working on those to give you a more enjoyable listening experience for episode two, so thanks for sticking with us. In the meantime, though, grab yourself a cup of coffee and settle in, because it is time for the very first episode of In My Quarantined Opinion. In my quarantined opinion, six friends trapped with nowhere to go. In my quarantined opinion, making the most of staying at home. All right. So like was just said, this is our first attempt at a first episode of this podcast. And we are going to give our quarantined opinion on the pilot episode of the Gilmore Girls. So first, a little background. The six of us who will be hosting this podcast have all been friends since roughly 2007, where we all met as college students at Oklahoma City University. And although our lives have led us in many different directions, we have remained steadfast friends. And with that, let us all introduce ourselves. Uh, my name's Lauren, and I live in LA, where I moved after graduation to pursue acting, music, and sunshine. And uh, I'm going to throw out a fun fact, humble brag here, but I was actually awarded the high honor of Smile of the Month at my orthodontist in high school for three years running. I think they just forgot to take my picture down, but uh, hey, <laughs> I'll take it. My name is Krista. I live currently in Santa Monica, California. I moved out here for my husband's job. Um, what, what do I do? I, I do a lot of things. I am a community cultivator, which I learned after moving to LA. You have to have like a swanky title for all the stuff you do. So that's just my fancy way of saying I get people to hang out with each other. <laughs> I am a yoga teacher and a super dog mom. And a fun fact about me is that I once won a rock climbing competition at Rock Creation in Oklahoma City. I used to feel super embarrassed about sharing that fun fact because I technically was the only woman that entered my category. Um, and so I hated sharing that fun fact and felt so embarrassed, but the owner of the, the gym at the time um, pulled me inside and said, hey, you won because you showed up. And so that was a very important lesson to me in um, the ministry of showing up. Yep, you beat everyone that wasn't there. Yep, I sure did. <laughs> this is Zoe. I am next in reverse for birth order. Uh, and I have things similar to Krista. I work in a a medium-sized town in Oklahoma to help neighbors restore community through intentional relationships. So whatever that community connector name she gave herself could also apply to me. Um, also like Krista Ministry of Showing Up, that's fine. Uh, let's see, fun fact. Well, okay, I have a husband, which is fun, but not the, you know, most irregular fact about me. Um, 
two dogs. One is snoring and will continue to snore throughout this episode. Um, I have two names, which is not going to be mentioned again, because that would be more than confusing to have a seventh person introduced to this podcast. Um, but my uh, birth name is Mary Faith, and my uh, nickname is Zoe, and only about a seventh of the people who know me know that. So congratulations, seventh of the people who know me. And I am Bridget. I am a native Oklahoman that is newly in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I am a sports and Excel fanatic. I really like to eat and travel. I have an infant in my lap, and so we might hear her, the song of her people at some point, and I have a four-year-old. Um, so in my quarantined opinion is much less about me feeling like I have time and much more about me just being a very opinionated person. Um, because I am currently running a daycare out of my home with my four-year-old and infant and working full-time um, with a technology company based out of Bellevue, Washington, which fun fact is um, a city with one of the highest median incomes in the United States. And I don't, I don't have a fun, fun fact about me. So I'm, I'm skipping that part. Well, I feel like what you shared was fun. All of that fun. Your <laughs> median income is a very appropriate fun fact about Bridget. <laughs> and I'm Wait, Courtney. wait. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Caroline. <laughs> I got out of birth order myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to be the oldest. Um, I, I'm Caroline. Um, I live down in, oh, golly. Zoe, stop texting me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Caroline. Um, Zoe's on the call. I just heard her two people ago. Um, <laughs> she's saying my ponytail is awesome. Um, I'm at my new house right now, currently painting it. Um, yeah! It is, yeah! It is a lovely color of what I have appropriately deemed baby boomer beige, because I feel like all the houses we looked at were being sold by baby boomers, and they all painted it the same color of beige. Um, our beige, if you want to know about it, has purple undertones, so at nighttime, it's like you're in a purple palace with a strong hue of brown beige. So we are currently painting it, as I also like to call millennial white. Um, because appropriate appropriate millennials y'all people all my friends right now are laughing but y'all can't see it because they all put themselves on mute but please know they think I'm very funny um I'm down in Texas I <laughs> I have twin boys um and they are two and a half and very busy and we are somehow figuring out how to paint a whole house while coronavirus is raging on that's where we are if you want to date us um, but overall, that's, I'm an artist. Um, I own my own calligraphy and stationery business. Um, and uh, that's kind of my life, living with the boys and doing art stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of any fun facts. I won Miss Congeniality twice in college during our pageant. So there, there you go. There we go. Me and Sandra Bullock. Me and Sandra Bullock. Oof. That's a good fun fact. Karen. Different talent, though, than Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I wish, I, I think I've been better at her talent than I was at mine. <laughs> but she still wants world peace. <laughs> Which is what we all want, so. 
And I'm now I will do me. I'm Courtney and I'm the one who introduced us at the beginning. And I live in Alaska and I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of where I live. <laughs> Wait, where all you of my proud of where she lives. <laughs> and I especially uh, like to let Texans know how proud I am to live in the largest state in the U.S. <laughs> the largest and most intense state. Yes. Right. We're very I, I feel like Texans wish they were from Alaska. <laughs> it would give them a lot more credit. Cowboy like boots our, wouldn't do as well as the snow. Snakes. But uh, I was born and raised here, so this is long-term, even though I did leave uh, you know, and lived in Oklahoma, where I went to school and met my husband, and then lived in Colorado. But Colorado was just—I don't want to speak ill to Coloradans or Colorado, but it's much harder to access the mountains in Colorado than it is to access them in Alaska. We'll just—we'll just leave it at that. Courtney's gonna get hate mail. <laughs> I'm sure that's a very meaningful thing for for Coloradans. Yes, <laughs> Colorado has Casa Bonita, which is so does Arkansas. An experience. Oh, really? Well, never mind. Once upon a time, once upon a time, Tulsa, Oklahoma did too. <laughs> you have the. It's amazing. It's a. It's amazing. It's a restaurant. It's a Mexican restaurant. And you have this flag. The flag's mainly the thing I remember. There are like waterfalls and all sorts of business going <laughs> on in shows. Cliff diving, magical gorilla suit diving off of a waterfall shows. I was sick, I so I probably not in Arkansas. Yeah. Anyways, this is not Gilmore Girls. Surprisingly, in the four years. I lived in Colorado. I never went to Casa Bonita, although I heard all about it. Uh, but then I took my oaky husband and moved back up to Alaska, where I belong. <laughs> and uh, I have a one-year-old little boy, and so most of my days are spent at home with him. But I am also, I guess I could say like Zoe and Krista, community cultivator as well. Uh, and I work for a church in the most diverse neighborhood in the nation, which surprisingly is located here in Anchorage, Alaska. And that neighborhood is called Mountain View. Uh, so that's where I do a lot of work with a church. And my fun fact is, and I think... My friends also here on the podcast will appreciate this fact is I have had the same 2005 Subaru Impreza since college, but I just remembered today after many years of forgetting that my car has a name. Butch! Butch! <laughs> How did you forget Butch's name? Butch. Do you not refer to Butch by his name? I, well, I, maybe I didn't forget, <laughs> but it just hasn't come up in my everyday occurrence uh, in my conversation in a long time. Man. It's like you have forgotten that we once also had names for our backpacks. Yes. <laughs> we named our backpacks. I forgot that. <laughs> so those were our introductions. Yay! We have introductions. And if you are still listening right now, Yay. you are a winner. We you get points. People out there that said they'd listen to us no matter what we talked about because they like us. So we will, we will test it. 
Um, yeah, okay. our moms are all still tuned in, and that is it. <laughs> I love it. Just like trying to get my mom to watch it. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to get into what we're really here for, which is our quarantined opinion on the pilot episode of Gilmore Girls, which we have all watched previously to watching this first episode, except one of us, apparently, but I will let her explain herself. <laughs> <laughs> when she gets to her time but we've all uh, watched some or all of this uh and the re I think the reason why we chose it is we watched the show a lot together back in college way back in 2007 and I remember uh my memory of watching Gilmore Girls is when we would binge watch it when classes were canceled due to snowstorms and more like ice storms huh? I know that's but more no, technically ice storms yeah. No real snowstorms. Oklahoma <laughs> does not have snowstorms. It just rains ice from the sky. Yes. When it was too slippery to walk outside, classes would get canceled. And we would just binge watch Gilmore Girls. And for those who are younger than us that are listening, binge watching for us meant watching six episodes on a DVD. And then that's when we take our break and while we switched out the DVD to watch the next set. <laughs> Because streaming didn't exist back then. So oh my goodness, which is true. Way to make us feel ancient, Courtney. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know, it was crazy to think about, but that's where we're at, so. The unfortunate truth. <laughs> it is the unfortunate truth. We're vintage. So, okay, I wanted to kick us off with a quick question, and then we'll go into our opinions about the pilot episode. But I kind of wanted to ask, just so we all know, and this is where the person who allegedly hasn't watched any episodes can share her opinion. But before, before re-watching this very first episode, like this last week in prep for the podcast, when was the last time you watched Gilmore Girls? Are we reverse birth ordering or just jumping in? And don't forget your names because there's six of us. Yes. Bridget last watched Gilmore Girls. When did the reboot happen? Oh, two years ago? Last year, year and a half ago? That time is when I watched it. Why was I off of work? I have no idea. I did not take a day off. Oh, it must have been a bank holiday or something um, because I watched it with my sister and mom. And wished I was watching it with you all. My sister's wonderful and my mom is wonderful, but um, so that was nice to have people to view it with. That was that's my answer. But was that was just the reboot, correct? You didn't watch Yes. OG Gilmore Girls. I mean, I'm sure we've watched it on a recent glamping context. We all get together once a year um for an adventure, get together, sleepover, glam camping across the United States. We'll do a live podcast when we do our glamping <laughs> During our tour, we'll cover all of that. Yes. <laughs> okay, anyone else or who else? Or Zoe, do you want to give your defense? <laughs> your defense. Zoe is the one who like, actually hasn't watched Gilmore Girls. And I've watched episodes, but it's only been with you guys. And it's only been like the same five episodes. And they all happen to have like Dean or Jesse in them. I don't know, Caroline Carthy. Um, but uh, I have wa I've watched the pilot once. 
with you guys. Um, that's all. I just, I'm not a TV person. I'm not a podcast person. I don't do, of course, I guess we had podcasts then. It was just not a real big thing um, in those days. That's all I have to say. That, so I guess, I don't know, when was the last time we watched it together? That would be the last time I watched Gomer Girls, and I've never watched it all the way through. I mean, you're the group historian, Zoe, so you should know the last time we watched it together. Lauren remembers watching it while ironing tablecloths for Caroline's wedding. Nice. Yes. I don't know if there's a more recent time, but that's what I got. And that's when I last remember watching it, actually, other than the reboot. Krista. I actually um, have watched it all the way through from pilot to reboot in this last year and just finished watching the reboot like maybe a month ago, maybe less. I may also have watched it more than once in the last two years. Way to go. So you can be our contact right for real i'm like man is it a contest because krista just dropped the mic <laughs> our context historical person when we need to put one episode in the context of the of the show you can i will do can. my best <laughs> which for our listeners if we will ever have any uh there's this is not saying we are going to to do every episode of the gilmore girls we might just do the pilot and then give our quarantined opinion on something completely different so that's that <laughs> so it'll always be an adventure yes exactly all right anyone else want to share caroline oh man what do I got to say? I actually didn't watch, I've watched it several times before. I'm with Krista. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a TV person and I'll watch, Josh makes fun of me. I'll watch scenes multiple times in a row. Like I'll watch a movie one night and the next day I'd be like, I want to watch that again and sit down to fold laundry and watch it again. Um, always been that way. So Gilmore Girls, I didn't watch the pilot in preparation, but I've seen it so many times that I know it. And I think what I think about every time I see it, is how different shows change from pilot to even the next episode in. Like Luke's diner looks completely different. Stars Hollow looks a little different. Emily and her husband, I can't remember. Richard's home looks different. It's just, it's always interesting to me. So I usually skip pilots if I rewatch re anything just because I'm like, eh, doesn't really matter all that much. Outside of Fringe, I feel like watching the pilot for Fringe is necessary, but that's a different show and we're not talking about <laughs> Can we get a little context from Lauren about why that might be the case? Yeah. Our LA resident, because yeah. is the pilot, the pilot is essentially a sales pitch, right? To networks. It's changing now with streaming because a lot of uh, like networks will just buy a season straight out. But yeah, the pilot is your pitch. So you've got to, that's your chance to try to establish every single character we'll get into this later, but I noticed how clumsy Suki was in the pilot. And yes. that's not who she is later, but in a pilot, you want each character to be like differentiated from the others. So you give them a really strong character personality. But yeah, I think of the pilot kind of as like high school years, like it's figuring out who it is. And then you also see like how audiences respond, what people like. So it kind of develops as it goes through college and into the workforce. <laughs> it gets I think a that's good a job. beautiful segue. Uh, I think we just need to get into our opinions because we've kind of started there. <laughs> um, 
So we shared about Suki, but does anyone have like, I have a couple of opinions I wrote down, but does anyone have a pressing opinion they want to kick us off with about what they thought of the pilot? I mean, I have two primary opinions. Okay, go Bridget. You got it. Um, my first opinion is that uh, striking down the patriarchy was kind of strong in this episode, like stronger than I remember, um, mainly because I didn't remember the part about Rory's name being taken from Lorelai, right? Like men pass their names down all the time. I'm just going to do the same thing. Um, and then I took some time thinking like, Lorelai, Rory, and like, it feels like a stretch to me. Um, but that, and then there's the creeper in the diner at the beginning part of the episode that first comes up to Lorelai and then comes up to Rory. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. It just felt, and then I thought Dean was surprisingly sweet. And I noticed how he didn't, he did say that like, you're nice to look at or something, but it was a lot less about her being attractive and a lot more what he talked about for like concentrating on a book. And so, I don't know, I just, there were some undertones of that that I just didn't remember, I guess, but liked. See, Dean came off more creepy to me than I remember. Krista, Krista agrees. When I saw that scene, I was like, whoa, creeper alert. I've been watching you, like, for how long? I don't know. Like, how But not enough to be creepy. Long enough in and of itself, if you have yeah. to say it's not creepy. It definitely <laughs> reminded me of this moment. So it like um whenever I was at OCU, I had this guy who was in Oklahoma City University. By OCU, I mean Oklahoma City University. Um and he would write me letters and leave it in the chapel office of my work study. Um, and they started off like relatively like innocent or whatever. And then one day I came in, this is like, like one of them talked about like the silly hats that I wore across campus. And then like one day I came in to the office and, um, by this point, my husband, Nathan Oni and I, we were dating, we had just started dating. Um, I got that there was this big gulp 7-Eleven cup and I thought oh my gosh Nathan went and got me a Diet Coke how sweet and then I opened it and there was a bouquet of flowers hidden inside the styrofoam cup with like the lid and straw in it and then like inside was a note like talking to me about like how wonderful my heart was and my relationship with God it was so Creep. Anyway, Dean made me think of this story, which I haven't thought about in years. Dean, not the guy. Why did. don't your best friends from college know about yeah. this? Oh, you guys don't I feel know the this. same way. But as Krista's what? friends from college know, college Krista was <laughs> not safe and did not <laughs> ask her friends to help keep her safe. <laughs> this, this, Krista uh, confirms this story. <laughs> Lauren, it looked like you agreed that you thought Dean was a creeper. I did. I thought Dean was a creeper, and I thought Rory was so incredibly awkward. Like, in the beginning, she, like, they, their whole banter, you know, with she and her mom, like, she is a smart, literate woman, and all of a sudden, this guy says he saw her watching a book, or reading, watching a book, oh, dear gracious, quarantine's getting to my brain, reading a book, and all of a sudden, she's like, 
they have cakes. Cakes are good. Cakes are round. Cakes are round. Cakes are round. <laughs> Where did that come from? So I thought that whole intro in general did not make me, honestly, Team Rory or Team Dean. Did y'all notice, Caroline speaking, did y'all notice, um, I remember reading an article with Alexis Bledel, who plays Rory, and how, um, oh, uh, Lauren Graham, her mom in the show, um, would have, would just always put her arm around her because she didn't, she was a new actress, and so she was always, um, uh-oh, uh, always missing her mark, and so her mom was always putting her arm around her, just Gently nudging her to her mark for the shot. <laughs> so like in the box, you're like putting your arm around her. It's like, come get in the shot, get in the spot. <laughs> Did y'all? I don't know if y'all noticed that, but I always notice it now whenever I watch the show. That's great. I had not. Now I will always notice that. That's very cute. I know. It's so cute. Something else I noticed is: Has anyone watched uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So love that show so much, but did you notice the harpist in yes. the pilot? Um, because Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is also Amy Sherman Palladino, is that right? Uh, and I just thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, hey. And that actress Alex, is Alex Bergman or something? Something with a B. Can you share with the class what exactly is particular about the harpist in the episode? of Zoe. I mean, I don't just just the fact that it was that she's in another um, show by Amy. It's the person from it's the lead in Maisel? Not the lead. It is her comedic side. It's the comedic relief of Maisel, I guess. Her sidekick. Alex Borstein yeah. plays the harpist right. and then in Miss Maisel she plays like her um her yeah, manager. Her manager. And she's incredible. She's so incredible in Mrs. Maisel. Uh, and I thought she was funny as the harpist too. It was just something, um, without having known her, I don't know that I would have even really noticed the harpist um, bumping through and being sassy to everyone. Although speaking of the harpist and Michelle, how are they both have jobs in the what industry is that hospitality industry with how rude and mean they were i was like this in real life i feel like would not fly and that's where in a sense i kind of thought that pilot episode so lauren it it was helpful for you to explain kind of the purpose of the pilot i was like mm, i think they're trying a little bit too hard because that's yes. not realistic I had a friend watch the episode with me and she hadn't seen it. And almost every new character that came up, she was like, I don't like them. I don't like Dean. I don't like Suki. But yeah, because it is maybe a little of an exaggeration, it's not as nuanced and developed as you get later in the season. They weren't as likable for sure. So a random opinion, this is Courtney talking that I had that, um, I, I didn't think I'd ever noticed before, but it's that thing of watching something with fresh eyes. But you guys, when they go into Luke's diner for the first time, there are bags of steel wool on the shelves in the background of the diner and like baskets of nails and screws. And I know as a Gilmore Girls fan that that Luke's diner used to be his dad's hardware store. 
However, I feel like there would be health violations <laughs> with having bags of steel wool under <laughs> the, or, uh, un, you know, uh, above the heads of people sitting at table eating their food. Like these are probably old bags of steel wool. If they ripped open and steel wool just fell on the plates of food, I don't know. It, I never noticed it before and it really bothered me. That's 100% something that Bridget did not notice. But I appreciate that you did, Courtney. There was also uh, big balls of twine and bungee, like just loose bungee cords. In the I did notice that. They still have the sign on the front, the hardware sign, which I don't know if it is still there in later episodes, Caroline, Krista. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it is, is it? They, they make a point of, um, I don't remember which character it is. I don't know if it's Lorelai, but there is a makeover of Luke's. That's where right. they unveil, like, you know, they, they reveal the new sign because who, who was it? Somebody was giving him a hard time for not embracing the present. And You're so right. he was decided to do, redo his sign. No, that's exactly it. That, I think that's probably their way of trying to make Luke's diner look better. <laughs> get that steel wool out of there. Yeah, yeah. Man, that steel wool. Get it up. Get all those health code violations out. <laughs> I guess I was envisioning uh, steel wool being, um, like, I've, I've never seen it in, like, giant bags before. I think of it in, like, what you use to scrub pots with. Mm. Uh, so I guess in my mind, I was envisioning, like, just tiny, tiny, like, bits of steel wool that would have the same health harms as like obsessus. <laughs> I don't know, but that's what I was envisioning in my mind. So our next episode, our, our attorney, right. Our attorney would like us to put a disclaimer at this point that we are not experts on <laughs> restaurant safety or health in general. <laughs> I mean, how a steel wool packet should or should not be created. Please, please contact your profession, your medical professional to consult about the similarities between steel wool and asbestos. Except maybe not right now as they are right rather overworked. <laughs> Hence why this is called our opinion and not uh, our expert advice. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's our general disclaimer. Love it. <laughs> I was curious, this is Lauren speaking, how you guys felt, who you were more sympathetic to watching this pilot, Rory, Lorelai, or Emily, watching it like now that we're older and maybe from a different life hmm. perspective. Yeah. Maybe Zoe, because I feel like this might be the only thing I can speak to. <laughs> speak. I have always had a very deep, like, the... I was going to say the 20 episodes I watched, which I think is fair, but in the scope of like all of Gilmore Girls, it's not many. Um, I have always had a heart for Emily. I feel like um, she reminds me of a lot of women I know who try to navigate a healthy relationship with a daughter that speaks a different language. Mm -hmm. And um, like it breaks my heart that they felt like they had to bargain to get time together. And as someone who, like, I am in, I consider myself an empath. I consider myself, like, very in tune with feelings. And I know people who are just so misunderstood, seriously misunderstood that they are largely estranged from their relationships. And so I 
it hurt. And, it, it, you know, I understand sympathy for Rory and Carly as well, but I, I hurt for Emily. I really do. I feel like her privilege has really ostracized her from, from healthy relationships. Yeah. And that is heartbreaking. This is Bridget, and I largely agree with that. I would not say I've always been like Team Emily or anything like that, but I thought, especially in this pilot, I had a lot of empathy for her. Um, I also, though, thought, and I don't know that Lorelai like becomes a worse mom later on, um, but I just was kind of surprised on her like momming skills in this episode. Like, I don't know, I just, I really feel like she, you could see her care for her daughter in the episode which I don't, it surprised me. And I don't know if that's just because we're kind of used to seeing their banter back and forth um, and them it being such a casual and joking relationship that it was a little different than what I kind of remember holistically from the series. Um, but yeah, I agree with who was, who was anti-Rory? Um, not anti-Rory. It just, like, it's silly girl. Um, she was not portrayed in the best. Like, I think she becomes a lot better developed, um, further on. Although the one, I, I, I did make a note that because of how Rory acted in this episode, I felt like they made her a more realistic 16 year old. That, that is true. Like Rory, in my mind, had always been portrayed as this uber mature, always adult acting character and so when I watched I did not like how she was being I was like come on you're gonna give this up for a boy but I was like that's very that seems very 16 of her and in that sense I appreciated it I also did feel for Emily as well uh, uh, way more than I think I ever have previously watching this show and it broke my heart when I heard her reference Lorelai and Rory as her girls she there's one when they first come into dinner she goes you know it's not every day I get to be with my girls and her saying that just melted my heart because it was like oh I'm seeing the real Emily like who really just wants to be with her daughter and granddaughter that line got me too court <laughs> I definitely had more empathy for Emily I think than previous and you also get to see her heart and less of her walls I think in this pilot um which, yeah, I found her maybe the most connecting. And conversely, Grandpa, I remember loving. And in this episode, he felt so disconnected, falling yeah, asleep. super aloof. So aloof and so not connected. So I, I am glad that his character becomes more of that, like, heartwarming, grandfatherly figure. Um, maybe Emily shares a little bit of hers because she gets a little colder later on. But my thoughts. It's your quarantined opinion. It is Lauren. my quarantined opinion. <laughs> Caroline, from your face, it looked like you agreed about Richard. I did. I did. I was thinking about, I don't know if it's the next episode or the third episode in the season where Rory goes golfing with Richard and Richard really doesn't want to go golfing with Rory. Um, and that episode has always rubbed me the wrong way because that's not true to the character of Richard that I feel like is portrayed throughout the rest of, was it, seven seasons? That he's very, like, Rory has always been his girl. And maybe they just had to establish that for us. Um, but I really felt like they would have, in their relationship, established that much earlier on in her life. Already had that relationship. Like, they didn't have to take us on that journey. Um, so in the pilot episode, it, it 
I, I think, you know, they just maybe missed the footing for even the actor. Maybe the actor just had a lot of opinions on how he wanted Richard Gilmore to be. Um, and so that's why they shifted it. Um, Lauren, you can speak to whether or not actors have a big say in how characters shift or not in a series. Um, but maybe he was just playing in one way. And so Amy Sherman Palladino shifted in that way too. I mean, I could very much see that happening. Um, yeah, because he was always one of my favorite characters. I think Emily, I'm with you. Emily, she's always resonated with me. I just, I don't know, just feel feel bad for her. I know. And I, I think even in, if we're jumping forwards to the reboots, her arc was my favorite arc throughout the entire reboot. Um, I think she had the most real journey and the most, like, it made sense in the world of Gilmore much more so than the rest of the characters. So I think those two characters have always been very well done. And maybe it's just because they're very experienced actors and they can just take whatever and breathe on it and it has a beautiful life. But um, yeah, I agree. Good acting's fun to watch. Here, here. So fun, this doesn't really, this is Krista. Um, this is a totally different bunny trail um, that we're going to go on. But, so uh, there's a woman. Can we pause? I so love that the vegetarian called it a bunny trail, <laughs> not the rabbit trail. <laughs> oh, I was like, because it's an animal, like, what do you call it? The carrot trail? But I see where you were going with that. <laughs> you don't eat bunnies, right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, don't tell me. Um, so there is a woman that uh, works at my husband's church that worked on the show. She was like a frequent like background extra person. And so I was like, oh my gosh, tell me what was it like working on the set? What was it like working on the show? Blah, blah, blah. And apparently all of the dialogue in this show is like really known for the, the witty, fast dialogue that 100% of that was scripted. And so when they would film it, if there was any amount of ad-libbing or any word that was not 100% the script, that it would be cut and they would have to do it 100% by the, by the book, by the book, which I thought was really interesting because so much of that dialogue feels, I don't know about the pilot, but generally in the series, it feels pretty organic. And I was like, whoa, that was 100% like no ad-lib. Um, but then I was asking this woman about, like, oh, what was, was it like working with these characters? Because as you watch Gilmore Girls, you, I don't know, I, I just kind of develop a, I wonder what they're like in real life. And apparently, I forget, what is the actress who plays Lorelai? Lauren, uh, Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham. Apparently, um, according to the woman who wears in my husband's shirt, she was the most high maintenance. I've heard that about her too. My friend worked with her and yeah, I'm so not glad to hear that corroborated Caroline here, but <laughs> interesting that it's come up in two separate places. <laughs> interesting. Well, I don't think that we can end the episode without sharing our opinion on Luke Lorelai interaction first time well it's clearly not their first time interacting they clearly have known each other but i want opinions 
yeah, on what you thought, how you thought their interactions were, especially the very end of the episode where Luke is dressed differently than he normally is, dressed nice, nicer, and Lorelai comments on it. Opinions. <laughs> he also, though, told Rory at that point, don't, st I can't uh, stop this. You're, if anything, he was almost being a father figure, trying to not give Rory coffee, saying, like, this is, you know, I can't support this. You're going to be like your mother. Don't drink this. Um, but yeah, it's, they definitely started that banter pretty early on, um, mm -hmm. which was an interesting choice that you didn't necessarily, you go from seeing them be friends, get on each other's nerves to then that blossom as opposed to like strangers. Um, but I, and I think it's better that way. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like the, the arc would have just been so long to like build up the, build up the friendship and tension and then I don't know I feel like this and maybe and that's interesting you know we talked about Richard's relationship with Rory earlier and how maybe that should have been sped up and so just kind yeah. of an interesting choice to say this is the relationship we're going to fast track they took more this other to build on they took more of a uh, Jim and Pam relationship than a uh, cheers Sam and Diane <laughs> Great comparison. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised at how uh, flirty they were knowing later on how long their arc is until they get together. Um, in my mind, thinking back on it, I, I guess I assume that you just see kind of the platonic friendship or I guess flirting some, but like for me, that last scene was over like, whoa, they like there are clearly feelings there that neither of them are admitting uh and that that surprised me i thought we didn't see that till later on so there so there <laughs> so with that any final quarantined opinions that you're just dying to get out before we end our very first episode go ahead I'll say this is zoe i uh did not like i said i did not watch it all the way through ever still have not and would only watch bits and pieces of the same episodes for years. Um, and so it was interesting watching the pilot and seeing where things originated. Like when they talked about Rory going to Harvard, like that was very bizarre to me. Um, and when, you know, they came to uh, Emily and Richards to like do dinner, I was like, oh, this is where this began. And so it, it, it resolved some pieces, but also like no, like having started watching it seasons ahead, it was, it was a very interesting jump. I thought you were going to say, and now I will watch all of it. <laughs> Quarantine's not going to be that long, hopefully. Zoe's not a media person, Zoe's a book person, which is arguably a form of media, but that's for a different quarantined opinion. And a quick thought I had is if for some crazy reason, this thing that we are doing right now goes beyond the quarantine or the social distancing. I think our quarantined opinion title still works because we are still all quarantined from each other. Cause we are, none of us, <laughs> none of us are living in the same place. So I don't know if it was stated at the beginning, but this is all via zoom right now. 
we are all in the locations in which we shared in our introduction. So I think it works if this goes on. I all right. Five states. Six. Go for it, Lauren. Just going to say thank you guys for tuning in to our first episode, whether you've watched Gilmore Girls or not. Hopefully uh, this felt like sitting around listening to some friends talk. Um, if you have any thoughts of opinions you would like to hear for future episodes, please feel free to, uh, <laughs> to comment on the, the podcast page and uh, we will take that. Wherever that might be. <laughs> give us your feedback on what you want us to give our quarantined opinion on next time. <laughs>